Hi there. Thank you for joining us on the Redeemer Church Podcast. Here at Redeemer, we exist to see Christ exalted in our church, community, and world. It is our mission to lead people into the presence of God, devotion to His Word, authentic fellowship with others, and discovering their ministry. We hope that this podcast is just one of the ways you connect to God's presence this week. Let's check out this week's message. Well, good morning again. Good morning. It's great to be with you in worship today. And hello to all of you who are worshiping from many different locations right now with us online or if you're watching right now later this week on demand. It is good to be with you. I am, this is an understatement, so excited about today. Um, This message is one that has been brewing in my heart and in my mind and in my prayers for over a year. Today, I want to talk about vision. And it's going to feel a little bit more like an orientation class, uh, Redeemer Orientation 101, rather than a sermon. I hope that's okay this morning. So let's begin with a definition. And there are many different definitions worthwhile to share, but this is the one that God has downloaded to my heart. Vision is seeing where you are going and knowing how to get there. Seeing where you're going and knowing how to get there. This is fundamental to a healthy life. Some of you high school students in the room, younger students, you may have currently a vision about where you want to go to school someday. And if you have a good GPA, we know that's the University of Oklahoma. Adults, regardless where you finished, regardless where you finished school, um, you had a vision for the career that you wanted to pursue. Those of you who are married, you have a vision of what it takes to have a healthy marriage, and you have a vision for where you want to be, Lord willing, five decades from now. Hopefully you and your spouse are aligned in that vision. Those of you who are single and you desire to be married, you have a vision for the person that you want to marry. We have a vision for what it takes in our life to live a healthy life, to eat healthy, to exercise, to have a healthy body. We have a vision for our finances. We know what we need to do to have long-term financial security for our future. It requires discipline and intentionality today. Vision is fundamental for a healthy life. And as many people out there who have vision, there are also people, if not more, who lack vision. They don't seek vision from God for their lives for their future, for their marriage, for their family, for their career, and so on. And, and I, I, I just believe that moving forward in life aimlessly, without intentionality, without vision, it's just a little lethargic, if you ask me. I think it's uh, a little reckless, a little irresponsible to go day-to-day without vision. I'll just use this as an example. Um, in the Dominican this last week, I, there, was a, there was a moment, probably many, but this one specific moment where I was driving very irresponsibly, to no one's surprise. Um, I, just, I just thought I could get where we wanted to go. I didn't have a vision, but I just thought I could get us where we needed to be, so I went out this street, and then I turned right, and I go down this road about 100 yards, and I hit a dead end, which was somebody's front porch. The street was so narrow, I had to back the entire way out. So as you can imagine, my friends on this trip with me were laughing at me the entire time. 
I nearly killed two dogs. And at one point, there was a baby human, not a baby dog, a baby human that I slammed on my brakes because in my rearview mirror, I see this baby, and, and this baby's literally touching my rear tire. So this was a mess. I made an irresponsible choice, and we got, in a, and no dogs and no babies were injured in this moment. But we finally made it out without a scratch, very slowly in reverse. And then my brilliant co-pilot, Melanie, did this thing. She got out her phone. Did you know there's this thing called maps? And so instead of trusting me driving in a direction where I didn't have vision, she entered the address into her phone, and voila, now we've got vision for where we're going, and now we know how to get there. And I drove responsibly the remainder of the trip, except for the morning we left for the airport. I didn't know how to get there, so I went the wrong way on a one-way to get on the highway, and there were even multiple police standing there looking at me. So I wanted to appear stupid, so I rolled my window down and said, hi, and they didn't stop me. (laughs) Vision is seeing where you're going and and knowing what it's going to take to get there. So I hope you have a personal vision for your life, for your faith life, for your marriage, for your family, for your career, for your relationships, for your finances, etc. But here's what I know. I know that you as a part of Redeemer Church need to know and be bought into and sold out to the vision of this church. You don't just need to attend Redeemer and not understand where we're headed and who we are, where we're going, what we're doing. You need to know the vision of this place if you're going to commit. And I don't want to be a part of a church that is aimless and unintentional. I want to be very intentional in my leadership over the the future of this church. So a few thoughts first from Proverbs 29, 18, and you might be familiar with this verse. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So when you see vision there, you need to think revelation from God. That's the vision. What is God saying? And when you see perish, the Hebrew there is para, and it means to let go of. It means to cast off restraint. It means to become ungovernable. It's the same word used to describe the Israelites as they relished in the golden calf in Exodus 32. So they become ungovernable. They cast off restraint. They just let go. So the absence of vision, the absence of revelation from God in this life has disastrous results. And we see it in scripture. And we may even see it in our own lives. Confusion, disorder, and even rebellion. In the Old Testament context, people relied on the prophets of God for vision, divine revelation from God. And in the context of Redeemer Church, I'm not speaking to you today as Jeremiah or Isaiah or Ezekiel or whoever your favorite prophet is. I'm just Adam. And I have the privilege of serving as your lead pastor here. And I desire for our hearts to be strongly aligned in where we are headed as a church. 
I desire for all of you to know who Redeemer is. What is the vision and the mission? What are our ambitions as a church? So I'm seeking alignment over the vision of this church, a vision that has been birthed out of prayer and fasting and counsel and collaboration, a vision that has been tested by our staff, our team, a vision that has been challenged and encouraged and modified by our leadership team. You want to hear it? I don't think they want to hear it. Do you want to hear it? Okay, just wait another minute. But before I share it with you, I want to make a, an honest confession today. And it does break my heart to say this. I, 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 I want to be fully transparent with you. I believe that Satan is working overtime to influence the vision of our churches today. Why do I say that? I say that because I believe the two biggest targets in the world that our enemy aims at is the church and marriages. What better thing to attack, what better thing to attempt to demolish the work of God than to attack his bride and to attack the union of holy marriage? So I know that our enemy is constantly working to influence the vision of our churches across this nation and across our world today. It breaks my heart how much I see churches today in competition with one another instead of cooperation. It breaks my heart to see churches focusing more on marketing and promotion and entertainment than mission. It breaks my heart To see churches concentrating constantly on facility and technology improvements more than they do discipleship. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying that having a facility and having technology are bad things. I'm saying too many churches focus on those things instead of discipleship. It breaks my heart to see churches who cater to the rich instead of prioritize and minister to the poor. And it breaks my heart to watch churches trade disgruntled members who leave churches for the silliest of reasons, and they go down the street and worship somewhere else, and they're not going to be happy there either. Churches who are trading disgruntled members instead of reaching new people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm kind of tired of it. And so all the more, I'm saying this with a heavy heart because I love the church, I love the bride of Christ, but it's all the more reason that I'm standing here before you today, not preaching a sermon, really, but casting vision, asking you to step into the vision of this church, because the stronger our vision and the stronger your commitment to that vision, the less vulnerable we are to act like any of the churches that I just mentioned. So, I'm genuinely concerned And I'm kind of putting my foot down today, and I'm asking you to stand with me in the vision that is Redeemer Church. And then here's something really mind-blowing, okay? The vision of this church is not about us. (laughs) Everything in the world is about us. We live in a consumer 
mindset almost hourly, don't we? So the vision of this church isn't about us. I'm standing here before you today to tell you that the vision of Redeemer Church is about Jesus Christ, not about us. It's about Jesus. So here it is, the vision of Redeemer. We exist to see Christ exalted in our church, in our community, and in our world. It's all about Jesus, and this is inspired by Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, and here it is, here it is, here it is. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Does this excite anybody today? So let me summarize our vision statement as inspired by Philippians. And forgive me, I just need to be brief because you all have lunch coming up. Or you could cancel and we could go a little longer. Number one, Christ exalted in our church. This church, this is a place where you come express your affections to the Lord. This is a place where you come and worship him and lift his name high. This is a place where we, we refine our devotion to his word, but, but it goes much further than just being here in a chair for church. We are called to be like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit, being of one mind, and this kind of language is not uncommon with Paul. He wrote to the Romans and said, live in harmony with one another. To the Corinthians, he insisted, strive for restoration where there's something fractured. Be of one mind. Live at peace. He's writing this because there was division in the church, right? There were fractured relationships. Friends, Redeemer's not perfect. Show me a perfect church out there. There must be no people there. Redeemer's going to have fractures. We're going to have tension, but we step into that with a deep commitment to one another and to reconciliation, to restoration. 
Just like you should do with your own individual family unit. We do that as a church. So Paul's addressing this, saying, look, there's going to be things that are fractured in your, in your body of believers. Seek restoration. Do your best to live at peace and have one mind. But the implication of this text is on a much grander scale than just Paul telling Redeemer, y'all need to get along. Just get along. We know that we can't do that every day of our lives because we don't always get along with our families at home. This is much bigger than just a call to get along with each other. This is a call to mutual love. This is a call for your soul to be tied to mine. This is a call for my soul to be tied to yours. The union of the souls. I read something this week from a writer, and it's one of my favorite things I've read in a long time. And he writes this about this text. He calls Philippians 2, the relinquishment of our individuality for the enthusiasm of a common love. Isn't that rich? Philippians 2 is saying, relinquish your individuality for enthusiasm for this common love. So yes, there are many New Testament texts that we could use to explain and teach and illustrate how we are to operate as a church, but I'm here to tell you today, I think Christ is exalted in Redeemer Church when you and I relinquish our individuality and our enthusiasm for a common shared love. Is this exciting to anybody? Thanks. Is this exciting to anybody else? On all the leadership testing things that we've done over the years, I always score as a pioneer, which has its flaws, but I'm always thinking, God, what are you doing in the future? And this, this is the vision that I see God leading us into. Exalted in this church. Number two, exalted in our community. In verse seven, we read that Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. You know, we carry that same attitude with us into our community. We do. We put on that same attitude of Christ as we go into our neighborhood, as we go into our teams, as we go into our classrooms, as we go into our workplaces. Bo Parrish is a dear friend of mine. He's a chaplain for many organizations throughout Oklahoma. He recently uh, wrote a book called the, the Blueprint of a Kingdom Business. It is the finest thing I've ever read in my life about how to live missionally in your workplace. And I'm excited to invite him to Redeemer one evening to, to, to get together with you business leaders and really share and cast vision about how you can live missionally in your workplace. But do you know, he said something to me that really blew my mind. He said, Adam, every single one of your members at Redeemer, every time they leave their porch in the morning and drive to work, you know where they're going, right? To work. No, no, your primary responsibility in the workplace is to be a missionary, not an employee. So he says, every time your people go to work, they're going to these little Redeemer campuses all over town. I thought, that's beautiful. Of course, our workplace should be a church campus if you've been working there for 10 years. Because we share our faith, we share our love, we serve, and people come to Christ. So Christ exalted in our community. You may be here for one hour a week for worship. All of you who are here for three hours because you participate in Sunday school, a small group, or a Bible study, you get extra points today. 
on your attendance records. So I need you here maybe three hours a week. But if you spend three hours a week at your church, look, that's to fill up and go out and be influential in your community. You may spend 40 to 50 hours in your workplace. If you spend more than 50 hours, I want to schedule a coffee with you and talk about self-care strategies because you need to cool off a little bit. But three hours a week at church and 40 to 50 hours at work, take your influence, Christ, exalted in our community through you. Third, Christ exalted in our world. Verse 10, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and in South Tulsa. Do we ever really feel like the gospel just ends with us? No. This is a global scale mission in heaven and on earth. If our greatest longing, and I'm just going to assume that your greatest longing in life is to see Christ return. I'm just going to assume that about you today. If our greatest longing in this life is to see Christ return, then our vision as a church right here cannot be narrow. It cannot be small. It cannot even be something we could accomplish here. Because if our vision is something we could accomplish as a church say three to five years if we have good strategy in place, well, great, what do we do when we accomplish our vision? We close the doors, we're done. Our vision should not be something we could accomplish right here at 101st in Yale. It's bigger than Redeemer. It requires the cooperation of churches in Jinx and Tulsa and Broken Arrow and Bixby and Owasso and Sand Springs. It requires the co- cooperation of churches in, in Canada and Mexico and Uganda and Kenya and Haiti and Korea and Japan. We're all in this together. And do you know what I think? The bigger our vision... And the more we remove the vision just from us, but it's the global scale of seeing Christ exalted, I think it protects us from vulnerability to self-centeredness, isolation, insulation, and comfort. So we're always chasing something bigger. We keep our eyes on the prize, and that is Christ exalted across the earth. Amen? The earth, amen? Christ exalted in the earth, amen? Let me expand on this just for a moment in relation to Redeemer's focus. COVID aggressively shut down the world, I get that, but Redeemer's gonna start opening back up. We're gonna start building and training and releasing teams to make a difference in this community. Teams that you can be on to use your God-given gifts and talents, teams that you can set the alarm early on Saturday and get your kids out of bed and take them to serve in our community as well. We are radically committed to our mission in Northwest Tulsa at the hub, and that's not gonna change. But you're gonna see more opportunities coming in the future for you and your family to get involved in our community. And additionally, I have been praying for a year, God, what is our role and mission on an international scale? Because we believe in the Acts 1-8 model of mission, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you are his witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Your Jerusalem is this church. We do life together. Your Judea is your neighborhood. Your Judea is your workplace. Our Samaria, the context of this biblical strategy of mission, our Samaria is Northwest Tulsa. 
our ministry at the hub that we participate in. We go over there, it's the same language, but it's a different culture. What do we do about the ends of the earth? I'm really, really proud of this church and, and the incredible generosity that this church has shown to missionaries and organizations overseas for many years. And we have been very generous financially as a church. Praise the Lord. But what God has been putting on my heart is that it's not just about praying and giving, but that Redeemer would also be a people that go and serve. Praying and giving is critical, but I want us to go. I want us to serve. I want us to invest. So I started talking to our leadership team about this in February, and we feel led at this point to really initiate partnership with Mission of Hope. Since we're talking about vision today, I know you really want to know Mission of Hope's vision. I have it. As an organization following Jesus Christ, Mission of Hope exists to bring life transformation to every man, woman, and child. They do work primarily in Haiti and in the Dominican Republic, and they do the majority of their work through church advancement, nutrition, education, and medical care. I've seen it with my own eyes over 20 times I've been there. I know their leadership all the way up to the president. I know how they spend their dollar. And I know how they're really training and empowering and hiring Haitians and Dominicans to lead the ministry in their own nations. I'm so excited about these ministries and how we can partner in the days ahead in both nations. As we prayed earlier, uh, our friends in Haiti are enduring another catastrophic earthquake right now. And last week in the DR, we learned many different ways that our church can get involved with churches in the DR and help advance their mission and help train pastors. So I'm excited to tell you something today, that, that over the next two years, Redeemer Church is committing $34,000 to a pastoral training program for 50 pastors in Haiti that are already on board, already deployed in their villages, but lack training. $34,000. I'll wait here until you praise the Lord with your, your, your applause. It's not, it's not just praying for those pastors. It's not just sending a check to cover their training for the next two years. It's also going. Those of you who want to go invest in pastors, those of you who are excited about spiritual formation and Christian education in the church, let's go. They're waiting on us. I'm also excited to share with you today that we're giving immediately $25,000 to earthquake relief work in Haiti. I'll stand right here until you praise the Lord. <laughs> to God be the glory. So I mentioned earlier that vision is not only seeing where you're going, but knowing how to get there. So I'm going to wrap up this Redeemer orientation this morning by sharing also our ground level mission to help us accomplish that vision. And this mission of this church is to lead people multi-generational, multi-racial, multi-ethnic people from all walks of life and backgrounds and denominations into the presence of God through Christ-exalting worship that encompasses liturgy and sacraments, sacred space and authenticity, into devotion to his word, which we believe as a church, the Old and New Testaments are the only perfect rule for all matters of faith and doctrine and conduct, 
leading people into authentic fellowship with others. And I'm borrowing a line from one of Dave Brown's sermons uh, uh, over a month ago because it's so rich. We believe here that fellowship is more than friendship. So we engage in compelling Christian community. And lastly, leading people into discovering their ministries, equipping the saints to use your God-given gifts and abilities to serve the church, to serve your community, to serve your world. Is this exciting anybody or is it just me? I love this quote from Joel Barker. Vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision just passes the time. Vision with action can change the world. Redeemer, I believe from the very top of our denomination to our leadership team in this church, we have vision. And I also believe that we're stepping into action. So how can you step in today to this vision? I'm so glad you asked. Four things, and then I gotta wrap it up. Sorry, I'm out of time. First, pray. Most importantly, pray. Pray for this church. Add Redeemer to your daily prayer list and pray, God, help us to always maintain our identity as a healthy missional church. Number two, participate. How can you take a deeper step into discipleship and fellowship ministries of this church? That's gonna be the content of next Sunday morning. How can you participate here? Third, serve. We want you to discover your ministry here, serving in Redeemer or in this community. Uh, We want you to attend that Step Up event next Sunday night to learn about new ways that you can use your gifts and discover how God has wired you to the glory of God, to the service and advancement of this church. And lastly, give. I'm humbly asking all of you to do your part if this is your church and practice the discipline of the tithe. And I want you to know that this church does not want a tithe from you. We want the tithe for you, for your life. We want you to practice this because it glorifies God. It glorifies God when we say yes in all areas of our life, including our finances. And I just want to briefly say, To those of you who are empty nesters, senior adults in this church, and you have faithfully tithed here for decades, thank you so much for being faithful in that. And I'm challenging my generation to come along. Don't wait until you're an empty nester to start practicing this discipline. Begin now. So I'm asking you today, will you step into this? Will you step into the vision of this church and where God is leading us. If you will, just stand up and join me as we pray for Redeemer. Oh God, we love you. We worship you. We honor you. And we are in awe of who you are. God, it is our deepest desire to see Christ exalted here in this church. Christ exalted in this community. Christ exalted across the earth. So Holy Spirit, draw people into relationship with you, but also use us. Use us, God, to be the voice of truth and love in this community. Redeemer Church is yours. And Lord, we know that none of us could love this church as much as you do. So help us to be good stewards 
of this vision and of this mission in the days ahead. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church Podcast. To stay connected to all that God is doing here at Redeemer, visit our website at RedeemerTulsa.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a blessed week.